So, Paul, yeah. what's one thing you wish you could tell your parents? Oh, my God. Where to begin? At 13, I started having dark thoughts and I probably started masturbating around then as well. So it was... Um... <laughs> And my dad just assumed we never had Of course, we could start the podcast this way, but to tell this story right, we've got to look back further. Are you ready to record? No. That's what I asked. But what I meant was, hey man, are you ready to drop the pretext of this podcast and finally admit that we're both just waiting for the other to suggest running away together? No. Oh. I'll, I'll wait a bit then. And we probably could have bonded on having a finger up the bum as well. It's pretty good. Those lines mean watch the fuck out for us, car yeah. drivers. Doesn't matter if you're a doctor or pregnant. Doesn't matter. Once you're on a zebra crossing, you're all the same. Meat, according <laughs> to most bus drivers. I'm Paul Splat. I'm the unreliable narrator. Everybody shut up. <laughs> oh my god, I hope that gets explained later. With the firm, firm ground of a defense of episode rushing up to meet us as Ooh. a crazy freefall through the last three decades approaches its abrupt end, we have but one last chance to look to the horizon and enjoy a poorly reviewed film from a nearer time. Oh, yeah. a time we can all relate to. And, oh, such a relatable time, 2018. <sighs> My God. Let me paint you a picture. Okay, go on then, this once. It's the 2018 London Film Festival. <gasps> I have press accreditation for Ooh. only the second time in my stupid life. Each day of the festival has a prestige press screening held first thing in the morning, um, nine o'clock, <laughs> before first thing for me, um, at the Cineworld Leicester Square because the Odeon was under construction that year. Oh, God. It was actually under construction the previous year. I got to enjoy Call Me By Your Name with the lovely accompaniment of drills and shouting men, <laughs> as it was meant to be seen. Oh, I got okay. it a DVD. Oh, that's just the soundtrack. That's just the soundtrack. <laughs> Horrible place, Italy. <laughs> that's what I've been led to believe by the members of my local conservative group. <laughs> um, 2018 featured in the early morning slots uh, the Suspiria remake. That's a sober fucking morning. <laughs> the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Widows, Beautiful Boy. Oh, thanks. Uh, and The Favourite, which um, I missed because I had to work that day. Oh, no. Never work, kids. I never work, kids. <laughs> So, so many good lessons in that one situation you found yourself in. <laughs> Monday the 15th of October 2018, I do get up at 7.30am, I do travel into London, I do go to Leicester Square, I do not oh go to God. the prestige screening, I go around the corner oh. to the Pitch House Central, and a screening of Wild Rose. Why? Life itself! Oh my God! Life itself tricks us. It misleads us. It paints one man a hero when he may well be a villain. Maybe the heroes and villains of our stories are actually just day players in a much bigger movie. Okay. Had you, had you heard the reviews before this decision, or um, you thought, no, fuck it, I'm in a wild rosy mood? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm always in a wild rosy mood, my friend. Um, I might have <laughs> let that be the deciding factor. I think once I saw that this one was a uh, sort of romantic drama, I was like, I wonder if, wonder if anyone else has seen this yet. And uh, okay. yes, uh, news got out rather quickly about Dan Fogelman's high concept drama film. Uh, it was received by mm. critics like a ramblingly self-indulgent thesis. You're studying maths. What are you doing? <laughs> All this stuff about an unreliable narrator. It was meant to be about Fermat's theorem. That's physics. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm a fucking idiot. A <laughs> fucking idiot. I wrote about this. Uh, Kate Urban at IndieWire said, I feel like Fermat isn't actually physics. I think it might be math. I should never doubt myself. We, we, we can just, we'll just put Mr. Black in when <laughs> in lieu of the right word. <laughs> okay, Kate Urban. She said, yeah. life itself thinks you're stupid. It's so weird having this title. <laughs> really grim. Life itself thinks you're stupid. Or if not stupid, unable to understand how a movie should work. It's a movie made for people who can't be trusted to understand any storytelling unless it's not just spoon-fed, but ladled on, piled high, and explained via montage and voiceover. I mean, I'd find life itself in general much easier with a voiceover and montage. That's, that is true. It, it could great, but the thing <laughs> is, it could also be great. <laughs> oh, um, shit, yeah. Um, fuck yeah. That was, a, that was a play on words, people at home. Um, <laughs> comes, in, comes the voiceover. <laughs> Um, oh god if you could start um, narrating this podcast and explaining shit that would be really helpful to me <laughs> paul doesn't remember the word urbane here urbane <laughs> thanks narrator fuck we just need it in real time or we need to re- have me record the narr- narration <laughs> then we go back and re-record bits of the podcast oh, to react to the to the narration free will because i don't think we're doing enough work <laughs> yeah oh. it is so is the myth of using spoons i eat with a ladle what's wrong with that <laughs> what is wrong with that just ladle it directly onto your face and eat like a cat might. <laughs> bit out of hands. It's osmosis by someone who doesn't know osmosis. <laughs> uh, public, meanwhile, well, quite a few people liked it and, you know, yeah. saw how critics generally didn't like it. And so the obvious thing to do is declare all film criticism bunk. Uh, literally every Google review I found mentioned how terrible and out of touch film critics are. Uh, one such hero, finally willing to speak truth to power, is Stuart Braun on Google, who says... Thank Christ, I love that man. Oh, God, he's so heroic. I can see him rippling. I can hear him rippling. For and every years. part of that name, Stuart. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I was left so emotionally affected, affected by a film <laughs> okay. uh, in all the ways I was expecting going in. Snob. Sorry, all the ways I was not expecting going okay. in. <laughs> Just checking off the list. Yep, sad, happy, done. Sad, happy, done and done. horny. The three emotions. <laughs> this is the best sentence ever written. We need to get back to watching dramatic films based on face value and not the critics' opinions. More, f- more face value. No subtext. <laughs> there's it's literally cowards. there's two things. First, you just sort of welcome anything that gets trickled into your mouth, or later, or we f- we obey the fucking Nazi critics. There's no there's nothing in between. I'm I'm going for face trickling. That does explain the recent local election results. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Ah, oh, two body system. <laughs> One more. Cindy McClure says. Like so many others, after watching this movie, I too searched the internet to see what awards it had won and was shocked. <laughs> I love that. Aww. And was shocked at the open quote critics close quote reviews oh, versus right. the normal me and you reviews. Right. What do you think film critics are? The intelligentsia. The film critics are the technocrats running our corrupt state, Paul. <laughs> Shit. Oh. This was the real collective twist, <laughs> Tenet. Uh, we've got a pretty sexy three men to celebrate, Paul. Oh, Christ. I can't wait. Is it Antonio Banderas? Antonio Banderas, yes. Fuck yeah. When you said sexy. Fuck yeah. You went to the sexiest member of this cast. Yeah. That is Mr. Banderas. The smoldering entity at the, at the oh centre of this thing. <laughs> he was pretty hot in Ballistic X vs. Sever and Doolittle. Was he but one of Paul... the anim- animals in Doolittle? No, he was a non-animal in Doolittle. He shows up with uh, oh, Frosted yeah. Tips as a king. Oh. <laughs> as King Guy Fieri. Of King Tragic backstory. <laughs> That's right. He was King Tragic's backstory, uh, father of um, Joan Tragic backstory. (laughs) Yeah. My God, so he was. Well done, Antonio Banderas, you sexy piece of shit. (laughs) 
Oh, high praise. Get in the bin and sex it up with your juice. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Paul, what's exactly twice as good as a three-man? Samuel L. Jackson, that's what. Oh, fuck. Yep, he's a six-man. He was a a surprise entry in this film. (laughs) And uh, a not-so-surprise entry into the six-man annals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he made some bad decisions uh, that include prequel trilogy, Glass, and The Spirit. So, Uh, hang on. Doesn't that make this his seventh? Yep. No. He's a seven-man. What's exactly 2.13 better than a three-man, Paul? Wait, no, the, the prequel trilogy. Glass. Glass. Yeah. Yeah. And the spirit. And the spirit. And now this. And this, that's six. Trilogy is three. So, yeah. Tri- Glass is four. Spirit's five. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, a, tr- a trilogy is wow. um, a word that we use to describe three films. Jesus, I don't know what happened there. Connected spiritually. That's fucking eerie. Thematically. Or narratively. Oh, and, my God. Um, and then... F- Plus, wow. plus one, plus one, plus one is six. Well, there goes my fucking ability. There goes my um, credibility for the rest of this episode. Oh Jesus. My, oh, my God. Paul, the, the bloody so critics and their communist state of, of <laughs> films are good or bad. They're trying to tell you that five is six. Yeah. That two plus two equals equals a good Radiohead album, which it doesn't. The only good one is the one where all the singles come from. <laughs> Pablo, honey. Oh, Christ. <laughs> the tragic life of Pablo, whatever the Kanye West song was. <laughs> oh god! Look, the film has thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty-one percent on Metacritic, yeah. and six point nine IMDb. Nice. Surely representing one of the larger public and critical opinion disparities we have ever seen on this ear podcast. But don't ask me; I don't know how numbers work. <laughs> and you are a critic, so you don't count. <laughs> yeah. You have no joy opinion. in life. He can't understand the joy of numbers. That's why he's so angry and cynical. Ah, oh, tell you what though, didn't make yeah. any money. So, Paul, you quirky dog name. Oh, blah, blah, jacking off over you. <laughs> What's one thing about life itself that made you want to whistle, but only for you? Oh, it's so... Metapool. <laughs> oh, Metapool. It's it's Metapool. It's Mimetita. It's meta oh, within meta. I remember and... this with a handy Mimetapool. <laughs> life itself is shit is how I remember <laughs> uh, the, the title of this movie. Well, that's um, how you get all the moons of Jupiter. Let's let's quickly get into the the thing. What what describe this first sequence for us, Paul? The first sequence, the first chapter in this movie. Um, movie. We we are we are told features Samuel L. Jackson. Um, <laughs> we should. To, to the audience who are who are starting the film with a black screen and text and are getting worried at having to uh, the prospect of having to read more words on screen. No. Thank God somebody with credibility is coming on. I hope he's got his purple <laughs> lightsaber with him. He hasn't, but he's very loud. <laughs> <clears throat> We open tight on a man. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me rephrase. We open on our hero. We push in on his face. Motherfucker, I said push in on that shit. Um, and he's describing a... Well, he, he describes to us uh, a whole bunch of shit that doesn't really matter. And then we're introduced to Annette Benning, Yeah. Um, who is the, the, the hero of this story. Maybe. And, uh, yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> you might still be fucking with us. Yeah, it might still be fucking with us, but probably not. I trust Samuel L. Jackson and everything he's done. <laughs> and 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 we go outside and we get we get a, a tracking shot introduces us to Oscar Isaac. At which point I just have to write, Jesus Christ, can he just fucking stand without smoldering? No, he can't. He's literally st- stood at a traffic light, yeah. and he looks like the whole world should be beholden to him. And it is unbelievable. And it is because when he says to Annette Benning, he's a big fan. She stops in the middle of the road. Uh oh. Sorry. 
Oh, uh-oh. I, uh-oh. I thought you were interjecting, but no. <laughs> don't interject now because it's too late for Annette Benning. No, she Paul, I'm getting eaten by, by a shark. <laughs> Fuck. That's why I said uh-oh. Shit. The old Lewisham sharks. You're not in Lewisham anymore. <laughs> this is the weird thing. They followed you to Crayford. Oh, that's as funny as six things I know. <laughs> so, yeah, she gets hit by a bus. Oh, no, shit. Oh, it's not real. It's, okay. it's, it's not real. None of this is not real. real. It's, it's Rob Zombie's Halloween again. And um, <laughs> it's just as terrifying because um, Oscar Isaacs is an irredeemable fuckface. Light in this place is so bad. Fuck you so much. Taking the sick in the head. Nothing left to burn. Dylan, standing in the doorway. Third track out of time out of mind. It's his comeback album. The whole thing's like a giant fucking Keats poem. Oh, sir. It's, you're gonna love it. Just sir. give it a chance. You're gonna make me leave? Bah humbug. Yes, this yeah. movie made Oscar Isaacs unlikable. He wasn't yeah. even unlikable in Ex Machina. I yeah. kind of wanted him to win in that movie and yeah. create an army of sex robots. That he could dance over. <laughs> um, but but no, he um he's got a beard which is um abhorrent in itself and Ugh. he's in a he's in a Starbucks generally making everybody's life unpleasant. He's oh, singing yeah. obnoxiously, yep. yelling abuse at people. And that's because yeah. he's been he's split up with his wife. Yeah, and his bloody oh wife. Oh my god, his his life's over. Ugh. His wife left him to go and direct Booksmart and um, <laughs> shit, it was a good decision. She's doing really well, yeah. <laughs> so good. He he's the one getting therapy from Annette Benning. Um and he reflects on their relationship, including a time that uh, they were in bed together and they were talking about uh, Bob Dylan, because the best way to get people into the music you like is to just talk all the way fucking through it. They thought he was done. Everybody just wrote him off. They said you don't come back from the crazy he had and then boom ninety seven, time out of mind. He won three Grammys, including album of the year. He beat Radiohead and Paul McCartney. It was just intense, unexpected genius, just hard and dark and, and I mean, he said, I'm Bob Dylan, you're not, eat a dick. He told everybody to eat a dick? Metaphorically, he told everyone to eat a dick. Really, really set it up with a preamble, uh, <laughs> rather than what I do, which is just put it on and pretend that I don't care. And, and also, what's the word? If, if there's a preamble and a postamble, what's the concurrent amble? <laughs> well, is it just an amble? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> Yeah, I think it is. This is this is the well. this is the amble part of <laughs> my amble trilogy. <laughs> it's like post midnight. Post midnight. That's what that film's called. Anyway, before fuck it. <laughs> Six. Fuck yeah, I, I love all this. <laughs> I tried masturbating the other day. I tried thinking of Abby, but I couldn't really get it done. So then I um, I tried thinking of you, but you know, you jerk off to your therapist. You should be institutionalized. You were institutionalized. Touché. I wrote the note, nobody talks like this. I blame Tarantino. And don't worry, the movie's going to be aware of that. Yeah. In a little bit, we're going to get a lovely little reference to that. Abby and I always talked about writing a screenplay together, like a husband and wife Tarantino, you know? My evidence for that is Oscar Isaac's high-stakes approach to asking her out. Yeah. Abby, I'm waiting for the right moment, because when I ask you out, there's not going to be any turning back for me. I'm not going to date anybody else for the rest of my life. I'm not going to love anybody else for the rest of my life. I'm not going to really care about anything else for the rest of my life. I'm waiting for the right moment, Abby, because when I ask you out, it's going to be the most important moment of my life. And I just want to make sure that I get it right. Actually, I'm pretty busy at the moment. So, I'll see you around. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Um, which amounts to, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Please go out with me immediately. Yeah. And her excellent line. My parents died young. It makes me sad sometimes. Look. I've said she's that. She's a... <laughs> I was going to say she's a bit of a free spirit, but then I was looking at a line um, that had... Which we will come to later, which has the word farts in it on my notes. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I, I then was <laughs> about too. to say farty. She's a farty kind of lady. And, um, <laughs> Look, care. she's a farty lady. She's we full of hot us. air. She's full of gas. <laughs> and uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't care who knows it. And it makes her sad sometimes. <laughs> I love that about her. That's the most relatable yeah. thing yet. <laughs> but she's I, another reason I love her is that she is here to explain the point behind the movie. Oh my god! Um, she's got another uh, pop culture di- uh, monologue about the unreliable narrator. She runs into the scene um, screaming "Eureka!" <laughs> and she delivers it yeah. so breathlessly that um, you wonder if the world may not stop turning. <laughs> but I'm going to argue that every narrator, by its very definition, is unreliable because when you tell a story there's always an essential distance between the story itself and the telling of said story right so therefore every story that has ever been told has an unreliable narrator the only truly reliable narrator would be someone hypothetically telling a story that unfolds before our very eyes which is obviously impossible so what does that tell us the only truly reliable narrator is life itself but life itself is also a completely unreliable narrator because it is constantly misdirecting and misleading us and taking us on this journey where it is literally impossible to predict where it's going to go next. And that is my thesis! Yeah, and at that point, I do have to wonder, has it actually been worth having Tarantino's films at this cost? Canterbury Tales gets a gets a shout-out because, you know, it's good, but then... Like, I like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. But maybe it wasn't worth the price we've paid. Oh God! <laughs> Look, Bill says "cunt" in the second one, and for for that, I'll I'll take everything, oh, yeah. Paul. That's the best when the film That's does that. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. The therapy sessions are coming to a close. Yeah. Um, quite quite distinctively. Um, he yeah, Oscar Isaac gets out a gun and shoots himself in the head. Oh, I'm sure that's totally real. There's no way that's getting taken back almost immediately. Oh fuck! It is real. Yeah, it is real. I'm glad I got to spend some time waiting to see if I should care about that. Yeah. Uh, mentioned just before that is the reveal that uh, Olivia Wilde actually died. His wife's played by Olivia Wilde. Oh, shit. Um, she died in the same way. Yes, whilst pregnant. Yes, whilst pregnant um, in the same way that Annette Benning dies in the script that Oscar Isaacs was writing. Yeah, that bit at the start was Oscar Isaacs' character's script. Oh, the rest of this probably isn't a script, although it might be a book. Yeah. Bear with it. Yeah, but no, no one would do anything as trite as that conceit. So <laughs> she gets hit by a bus. The child survives. Uh, and Oscar Isaac's dad is played by Mandy Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, it's all starting to fall into place. <laughs> it's all coming together. And um, yeah, anyway, you, have you been kind of annoyed by the artificial nature of this dialogue? Well, what if a seven-year-old kid was saying it? Yeah. I crave a happy life, Grandpa. I have an almost desperate craving for stability and happiness, the way fat people crave chocolate or lost hikers crave rescue. I want to live a big, great, fantastical life. But I'm concerned that the tragedy that seems to follow me, the tragedy that birthed me, will prevent that from ever happening. And I don't know if I can withstand another body blow like this. <laughs> but if a seven, seven-year-old kid was saying it and the voiceover was acknowledging that. Oh, that would be great. And then it wouldn't be annoying. Oh, my God. It's, it's, um, it's ha- having your cake and smearing it all over your body and then <laughs> slipping inside the mouth of a giant for, for some vor fun. And as you're sliding down there, just thinking, I've still got cake. 
<laughs> and then you start licking it off your own nipples uh, before oblivion meets you <laughs> expectantly yeah so their daughter is now grown up the year is something yeah. like 2020 something at this stage we are going to end in the 2070s so brace yourselves yeah. this is like friday the 13th um <laughs> dylan goes out and has a pretty bad concert uh she's in a rock band yeah. and it doesn't go great uh at which point she comes no. and sits on a bench and relives the trauma of having seen this movie i know it's just so sassy <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> this is the kind of juice that the people come to with ogt you know yeah. um that they they don't like it when we're happy they want they want yeah. me to be frustrated into pure incomprehension and and <laughs> you you to be a sassy biatch like you, oh, little sassy like bitch. you were born to be yeah oh, little sassy oh, bitch. you well look let me tell you about another sassy bitch Paul. okay and that's the young mexican boy who saw the pregnant woman <laughs> getting taken out by a bus we need to find out about him and his backstory and his dad's yeah cool so uh, enter some fucking smoldering action paul by which i mean Fuck conversation yeah. between the smoldering antonio banderas and and <laughs> i don't know he's smoldering in his own way this this other guy javier but uh not yeah he's got a smoldering quality to it yeah he's got a very thick kind of quality not thick as in stupid i mean he's a yeah. He's a thick man. He's a chunky boy. Got to, you've got to respect that. He's a chunky boy. He carries his chunk and that's, around with uh, him. <laughs> he's got that badonkadonk, and it's pretty... Yeah, it's in his eyes. Pretty great. Um, I do make the note, just before we do cut to Mexico, I do make the note, I really hope that Mexican boy doesn't end up meeting the daughter. Mm. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that'll be fine, though. But yes, Banderas shows up, and I do get worried. I can't find him annoying Paul. They've ruined <laughs> Oscar Isaacs. I can't, they can't take Banderas away from me. Fortunately, it doesn't, because he's Antonio Banderas, Paul. Yeah, it, he actually, they actually can't. Yeah. Nobody can. They they tried. They really tried, but um, partly yeah. because it's it's not an English language segment of the movie. Uh, partly mm. because it's Antonio fucking Banderas, Paul. Oh yeah, he's charming as anything. Yeah, <laughs> he explains his tragic backstory of his parents dying when he was young. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he offers uh, a young a young picker, a young what, what are they olive, olive picker? picker. Isn't it? What what are those yeah. things called? Well, yeah, for the thing. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a fan. He's he's a fan of olives. He isn't. How how the fuck is their podcast going to work? <laughs> That's um, the kind of source you come here for. Yeah. But yeah, he says, I notice you've been taking particular care when picking my olives. Uh, well, hey, so I want you to come live in the big house and yeah. uh, have a lot of money. Live in the big house and have the big boy clothes. <laughs> I'm going to come live in your big house. I'm not going to take your money. I'll come live in your house. Yeah. But you won't hear me whistling, sir. It's <laughs> just for me. Damn you. It's set up with some sort of context to like make that more meaningful. But <laughs> yeah, this, this is fine. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he, he 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 moves his his gorgeous girl in with him, and they they have a family of their own. This clumsy waitress in that one yeah. scene. Clum- clumsy waitress, although she's not typ- <laughs> she's not characterised as clumsy. I think it's just a a thing that happens. It does. It just occurred to me how amusing it would be if, if she was just continually clumsy throughout the tragic rest like, of her story, like Emma just Thompson knocking shit over. Junior. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Don't you walk Ow. out on me on your family? Whoops. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just find you so attractive. Whoa! During that final monologue that she delivers. Yeah. <laughs> Life the, is all about shit. The camera pans out and the background's spinning, and it's because she slips on a banana skin at the beginning of the monologue, and she hasn't stopped falling. <laughs> it pans out to reveal her flying down a staircase. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy emotional scenes. Um, and yeah, so yeah. Antonio Banderas is in, in love with this lady, obviously, um, and yeah. uh, he spends more time with her, and smouldering Jeff uh, is, is, is why <laughs> Antonio... He's credited. 
he's wise to Antonio. <laughs> Spanish, what can you do? He's wise to Antonio yeah. Banderas's advances, uh, and yeah, he's hijinks. he's very firm about uh, dealing with him, not accepting his gifts, and he thinks it's yeah. time for a trip to America. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. Uh oh. Well, I mean, for one thing, they have a kid now, so somebody's. I'm gonna. Get, I'll call the funeral yeah. people. Get them ready. But the narrator assures us that the movie feels really meandering and like it's not going anywhere because life itself is a shit movie. Oh my god, this is like my novel Dockhead available on Amazon and all good online <laughs> book retailers for three ninety nine. Fuck or your yeah. best offer. Or free, probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, the kid killed Olivia Wilde. Holy oh, shit. that's the twist. Yeah. The kid did it. He distracted the driver. Um, yeah. The driver hit Olivia Wilde. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that kid killed, his, killed Olivia Wilde. Shit. Jesus. Is oh he... man, he gets brought home to Mexico, and um, he's 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 kind of upset. There's a couple of sequences of him not being too happy about this, so yeah. they decide they can't take it anymore. So they take him to a doctor, and uh, yeah, the diagnosis is clear. It's definitely that pregnant woman he saw killed yeah. <laughs> that he killed. <laughs> oh no! But he does respond quite well to people spending time with him and paying attention to him. Yeah. Oh, well, you better call Antonio Banderas because I'm not fucking doing that. And his vast wealth. <laughs> um... His vast amount of tolerance for this child. So, so he spends all of his pesetas and uh, spends <laughs> uh, some hours every day with the boy, and the boy gets better. And um, he does. And and, and, the, and the husband who's been watching all of this goes, "I'm so glad he's uh, so glad he's feeling better. I am going to go though because yeah. I can see that Antonio Banderas likes you. Yeah, and I can't comp- I can't compete with that, so I'm out. <laughs> yeah, but I I love you, husband. I I want to stay with you. It's too late. I've already said. <laughs> you could I've just already not. booked an easy jet, so. <laughs> You can't get that refunded easily, so I'm, I'm, I've got to go. It's only 50 euro, smouldering Jeff. I'm sure Antonio Banderas could pay that back in. And don't bring up his name and EasyJet in the same sentence. I don't need his charity. Okay, no. I, can, I can fight my own battles with EasyJet. <laughs> you can't, though. That's how they get you. She tries her very best, don't you walk out on me, you son of a bitch. But, you know, he walks out on her, that son of a bitch. She's also throwing the bag to the door. And, and as she says, don't walk out on me. It's very... <laughs> Uh, there's mixed messages now, love. Do you want me to go or or, or don't you? Well, you've already made that decision. I just hate I... all of your clothes. <laughs> I want them to go. I want you to stay. I want you to dress up like Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wear the mask. <laughs> Where'd you get this from? It's very lifelike. You <laughs> cut to... <gasps> My fucking face! No, this is like a, a fucking Alma Devar movie. That one Alma Devar movie is like. I don't think he made any others like that. No. Dolores y Gloria was not like that. <laughs> much. There wasn't much in the way of um, face peeling, forced and body trans- transformation. No. no. Just the soul. Oh, Rodrigo grows up. Yeah. And uh, goes to college. Yep. And uh, yeah. Hey, remember how you've got a parent? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. How how you feeling at the moment, Rodrigo? Yeah, pretty good actually. Oh shit. Oh no. Fuck. I mean, bad. I mean, super bad and sad <laughs> already. I don't need any um. Ah, fuck. Mum's got cancer. Um, simultaneously. The best character of the movie gets introduced for me. Mm. It's American Girlfriend. Okay. So I just started feeling shitty a few weeks ago. I thought I was just getting a really bad period. Ever since I got off the pill, I have been having bananas periods, you know? But it wasn't stopping. So I went to my gyno and he was like, are you sexually active? So I told him about you. And then he did the test thing and blammo. I hadn't even thought to try an at-home test. For whatever reason, my brain did not go there whatsoever. Anyways, I know that we haven't been together very long, and clearly this is as what the fuck as things get. I mean, I don't know what your deal is with religious stuff, but I'm thinking that I should probably just get an abortion. But oh shit, she's pregnant! Better start oh, no. making funeral arrangements. Yeah. <laughs> but thank Christ it's an April Fool's joke, so no one has to die just yet. <laughs> 
Um, except maybe her. Yeah, except maybe her off screen. And the narrator at this stage comes in to preempt some of the definite criticism this movie will garner, yeah. uh, comparing it to a Bob Dylan album in which there was one soppy romance track on it. Uh, yeah. basically implying that this is a bleak-as-fuck film, but hey, here comes something really contrived. Critics argued that putting an on-the-nose love song in the middle of an album about despair and tragedy was Dylan's only misstep. Others argued that it was his point. I do love the analogy, though, because it does imply that the writer really felt like he had nailed it so far. There's a lot in this movie that feels like... And do you remember when this character got criticism from... <laughs> Beta Bravas. Well, yeah, it's like when, I would say to this fictional like when critic. Emmerich put like Roger, um, Siskel and Eber into the fucking Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, are we gonna be in uh, Simon What's His Name's next film? Are we gonna be like really clumsy so. Paul Salt and Paul Goodman an- analogies? And it, but I hope when he casts, when he writes the characters, he thinks I know I'll be smart and switch their name, the the first letter of their names around, <laughs> so it's really hard to figure out which one's which. <laughs> Oh fuck off! They've met each other. The um, the granddaughter and the yeah. uh, granddaughter, the fucking the the bus I the bus know. kid and the bus kid. They meet the the bus kids finally reunited at the at the bus stop. Man, I wonder how they're gonna deal with the emotional fallout of him having ever inadvertently caused her mother's death. Oh, we don't we don't have time for that. Okay, no, you just Great. assume they do. <laughs> don't have time for that, Paul, because it was all a book written by the <laughs> the, the daughter of these two. That's oh, right, everybody. Like Spanglish. Did you? <laughs> Fuck yes! Finally, you know I've been saying every week films need to be more Spanglish, <laughs> more Spanglishy, and, um, and this has got this has got Spanish people in it. Yeah, on top of everything else, Paul. Great so, mess- lessons for us all. Oh, it's it's a it's a bloody book. That's why the voiceover was so obnoxious and um, <laughs> yeah, obnoxious. <laughs> well, look, she she's reaching the end of her reading, and she says, "What my grandmother said to my father needs no translation." Uh, so here it is translated. translated yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's ve- it's very long. <laughs> it's very long, but look, this is we've got to go through this, Paul, because it's finally we come to the ultimate message of the film. What all of this contrivance and tragedy and runtime has been heading towards and culminating in. So let's really dive into what gets said there. Shit happens. Don't let it get you down. Yeah. All you need is love. Yeah. But it's not as natural as that sounds. <laughs> then the movie ends. So impressed we kept that to thirty minutes, man. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack to Binterstellar plays, um, <laughs> and and yeah, we're left. Binterstellar is a fantastic British remake of Interstellar. <laughs> Tint- we can't empty the we can't empty the the paper on a on a card day. Paper card. Stella, it's, we can't. <laughs> it's necessary. Bam 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 bam. Oh Christ! Uh, yeah, fuck England, everybody. <laughs> fuck this country; it's dreadful. Uh but oh. so this is film. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's um drop all facetiousness immediately and have a serious discussion about this this year film. So yeah. I'll say first of all, this is interesting territory. Um, this is the yes. the sentimental film. I don't know if we've done something quite like this before, except maybe Pray Love. You know, it's a film that's going to resonate I guess, with some. Yeah. Audiences are going to call critics cynical and heartless for disliking it. Critics are going to call audiences stupid and gullible for getting suckered in by it. So stupid bovine masses. Yeah. So I want to avoid doing either I of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. And um, it's interesting that so, you know, well, I'll, I'll say outright, I didn't enjoy the film, but so many people did. Yeah. So many out there are really unqualifiedly saying how much they love this on the various social medias you might have seen. Mm. So. What do you mean by unqualified? 
<laughs> well, okay. What do you what do you think of life itself? Non judgment zone. Let's let's make this a judgment zone, Paul. Let's 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 make let's raise the stakes. <laughs> let's, oh shit! Let's do the opposite. The, Put my the credibility on the place. You know I don't believe in safety, Paul. So um, that's <laughs> true. That's why you have so many kids. Look, there's there is much. I and I don't own a single one of them. I I, I won't own up to it. No responsibility, I say. <laughs> Fug life. You and Roger Ebert. It's just this film had some some good bits. I thought. Okay. Uh, I I liked the overall idea, and I liked the the overall feel of the film, which is where I think people then got off the train of movie criticism and went, that's enough for me. This is, mm. this is all I need to enjoy the film. However, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate there. Um, it's a mm. huge sprawling story, multi-generations. It goes yeah. slightly into the future. And I, and I find all of that quite titillating in, in mm. the same way that Cloud Atlas is my favorite novel. It, I was um, reminded of Cloud Atlas during yeah. There's, there's a lot there that um, it reminds me of. My One Better Thing also came to mind. A couple of films from this director's One Better Thing. Nope. <laughs> directors don't have One Better Things. That, that's our that's our IP. <laughs> um, a couple of movies from that director's uh, filmography came to mind whilst watching this. Um, and, I, and, I, and I like the, the, the sprawling multi-generational interweaving stories <laughs> thing. It speaks to me much like the, the double bass pedal in metal songs. <laughs> Bit of a sucker for it. Um, However, within all of that is obnoxious, overbearing dialogue, yeah. belaboring the point at every available opportunity, yeah. veering into the indie quirk fest um, yeah. in, in, in place of real unforced emotion. Yeah. I was reminded a lot of Seven Psychopaths at times, oh, where yeah. it felt That's like... The, the the director was just more interested in, in the knowing... Yeah, flexing. Uh, like the knowing of... winks at convention, yeah. yeah. Um, and Mank, actually, the annoying bits of Mank. Yeah. Uh, of, of going, oh, this is the bit in the movie where this should happen, or yeah. isn't it strange how this always happens? Self-awareness then, is very hard happens. to do, right? It's it's hard when you're, you know, you're trying to talk about the, you know, you're trying to set up emotional stakes, and that's the the the, the final real issue I, I have with this, this movie is that it's very John Lewis, mm. especially the ending. It reminded me of a, there's a Colgate advert here um, oh, yeah. that plays a lot to, uh, between the footy. And it's an anti-racism advert, mm. but it's so paper thin that it's obvious that it's just the means of selling toothpaste. The This film, especially the ending, is written with the thought, this will make people cry. Yeah. And it's just gossamer thin emotional manipulation. Yes, absolutely. Very much so. Um, and it's frustrating. It is frustrating. I do want to share one thing. And I, I, under- I appreciate that you haven't, you know, really, you, you've qualified this a fair bit, and I think there is. There, I'm looking forward to discussing some of these points. I do just want to share one little nugget, just to, and not to like try and shame you or anything like that. I think it just, it says quite okay. a bit about the extent to which we're learning stuff about each other, and I think you've demonstrated this in a couple of past episodes as well. But um, okay, so I got fa- friend of the podcast, uh, Jem Blundell, to watch this film yeah. alongside, and she chose her movie night, uh, I think, two days before you ended up watching it, and I was watching it at the same time. Okay. Um, it was f- interesting. She watched it with her boyfriend, David. They watched it together, and I got some very interesting messages during, which I do look forward to sharing a little bit later on when we're with the OG team. Okay. But this interaction did come out uh, near the end. Jen, I have three good things. Jen, they're all a bit of a stretch. Paul, cannot wait to hear them. Paul, oh God, Paul, something horrible just occurred to me. What if Goodman likes it? <laughs> Jen, he won't. Jen, he can't. Jen, he can't! Exclamation mark. Jen, <laughs> can he? Question mark. 
Jen, no, full stop. Jen, <laughs> I refuse to think that of him. <laughs> Paul, I don't know. Sometimes he goes in for that sentimental stuff. So I know that you've qualified your liking of this movie, but I just want to say that yeah. I called it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. well, you know, we could we could watch some smart yeah. film. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, Paul's all about this. <laughs> we could watch thinker. some utterly pretentious and nonsensical piece of abstract bullshit. And you'd probably bet, oh, I bet Paul's gotten something out of this. <laughs> Fucking just a film about how great it is to not be racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet he'd go in for that. <laughs> oh, that absolute worst. So, no, yeah, you're you're right. I do, I yeah. do definitely go for sentimentality. That's fair um, enough. Which is, which is funny con- considering um, how cold and horrible you are. My, my, my lack of long-standing relations, yeah, <laughs> um, with most people. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, there has to be, for the most part, there has to be mm. enough there to justify it. Yeah. You know, um, this 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 for me feels like similar douche vibes to Boyhood. Right, yeah. Uh, it's it's the same same obnoxious. Yeah, uh, self satisfaction hard. is hard to. Yeah, that's bear. it. I think I think really, you know, the draw, being drawn to the sentimental as- aspects. It's like a to put this in terms I can relate to. It's like a decent action scene thrown into a movie that's otherwise dreadful. Yeah, it's like you can enjoy that on its own terms without the entire thing sort of working. It's just not as good as if it was part of something that was part of a better whole. It's watching this painting come together and and marveling over it, and then and then going over the individual brushstrokes. Yeah, and stepping back and be like, oh. But yeah, but in 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 the middle of every everything, every few brushstrokes, the painter stops and <laughs> just starts telling you about how how amazing those few brushstrokes were and how it defies convention <laughs> yeah. at every turn. Imagine an amazing landscape, and then someone had gone and put po- that the artist had come back and put post-its over it saying the bit with forced perspective, the bit yeah. with um. <laughs> <laughs> the bit with dramatic color shift. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, it. Really belaboring the point. And um, yeah, yeah. There's there's just so much of it where I'm I'm watching it going. Maybe I'm gonna start liking this. You know, the longer it went on, and I got intrigued at the yeah. the um the scape and scope of the movie. But then something <laughs> would happen. Oscar Isaacs would talk about jacking off over his his therapist. Oh man, the dialogue was the worst for me. He was just his character was just such an unlikable piece of shit. But you know, yeah. Like, uh, it, it permeated the movie that you then go, oh, it's like that Armando Iannucci sketch where it's like Gardener's World and they're growing flowers in the shape of obscenities. <laughs> and it, yeah. It flowers into the word tits and it cuts to Iannucci's face just like wincing. <laughs> yes, I think so. I think there's two big problems for me here. First, the style. Yeah. Um, The first chapter is absolutely packed with all this hyper-stylized movie within a movie Eternal yeah. Sunshine, we're walking around inside of a memory stuff. Yeah. You know, alternate takes, like it didn't quite happen that way. And all the other things Ooh. that we did in the 90s and not really after that. I feel like my whole life is going to be marked by death and tragedy. She did not say this, of course. But if she could verbalize what she was feeling at eight years old, she would have. Yeah. And then after the first third, somewhere during the second chapter, they just drop all that. And it maybe makes sense of like, the main character of each chapter you know the story is told in their style so the first guy you know oscar isaacs he's a screenwriter so this chapter is going to be more screenwritery than the rest but the second chapter isn't like really punky like dylan is sort of punk musician nor and it's about five minutes long oh uh, yeah that one's really short and you know the third chapter isn't really pragmatic like you know the olive picker you know really just straight story it just 
gets really dull and the effect yeah. of the first chapter kind of lingers and yeah. as you said it does feel a bit defensive like you can't criticize me because i didn't really mean what i just said yeah or did i you know did you like it if we've chase it's real if not there was a joke yeah exactly and it, uh, the effect also is to undercut any sense of drama i did genuinely after oscar isaac shoot himself wait to see if he would then get up again and then do a musical number or something i didn't know <laughs> if that bit was, was real that. yeah <laughs> it, it was um that was a surprise i've, I've got to say I, yeah I, found, I, I wasn't expecting the twist of olivia while dying and then him just killing himself and mm. that was the beginning of me being curious about where this movie was going to go but it retained that defensiveness and that um, yeah that unwillingness to be sincere i think in it, it in spite of all the sincerity and the the bleakness that was there, it was all always helping oh, you, bleakness. like nudging you in the ribs and and going, Psst, it's gonna, it's not gonna, it's not like this really. It's gonna be, it's gonna yeah. be fine. Or I'm I mean, doing this on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I think my other big issue was the characters, and it does play into what you were saying there with the tragedy because the characters are either caricatures or very bland for me. Mm. Um, not many of the interactions they had felt authentic. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I really hated the dialogue. Um, yeah. Everyone has a monologue. It's a lot of pop culture stuff. It's, I don't know, aside from that, it's trying to create a sense of investment by heaping on the tragedy, which yeah. does get comical. I mean, there's no yeah. living parents by the end of this fucking thing. And yeah. these little moments don't really get time to really linger or be felt. Like, yeah. we get Olivia Wilde's backstory. She was like, her, so, her parents got into the voided. Yeah, and then she went and lived in a fucking abusive home environment and shot the guy in the leg. Yeah, and that gets said in a scene, and then never brought up or really impacts on anything that happens after that. So, yeah, the most interesting bit of the story. Was yeah, the and it keeps happening. It's just like, what does it mean that Antonio Banderas's, you know, father killed his mum or whatever that was? I did it, tune out during that monologue. It, it sounds like yeah, I, I I wasn't paying much attention. I was eating pizza, but there was <laughs> during during the. The recap of Olivia Wilde's life. It's it's just oh here are some really cool ideas, but I don't have the. F- it feels like I don't have the fortitude yeah. necessarily as a writer to to make that the centerpiece of my story and give that the um yeah the the gravitas it needs. So I'm just going to mention it to try and make it as yeah. interesting, but it obviously doesn't work. Yeah, like you said earlier, in its final moments, I realised that this was trying to be Cloud Atlas, the you know the multitude yeah. of drops, you know, yeah. and I am I'm a sap for that. Yeah, you know the idea of time and generations past living on in the young um but this film is more interested rather than sort of connections and such it's more interested in coincidence and contrivance yes than the idea of the weight of time and the interconnected nature and the repeti- the re- repetitive nature of all of our experiences which is what yeah. you know characterizes cloud atlas so beautifully yeah this world actually feels kind of underpopulated for all of its characters yeah outside of its main players yeah very little's been done to get us abreast of time passing as well yeah Oh, but look, Paul, no, we're wrong, actually, uh, mm. about all of our criticisms of this film. Um, director Dan Fogelman knows why people didn't why people didn't like this movie. Oh, okay, um, I'm sure this is going to be good. Oh, yeah, this is, this is going to be great. Something is inherently a little bit broken in our film criticism right now. <clears throat> I think okay. that the people with the wi- widest reach are getting increasingly cynical and vitriolic, and I d- think there are a couple of genres and a couple of ideas that they attack, which just doesn't speak to not just the mainstream audience, but also a sophisticated audience. Oh, There's okay. a disconnect between something that is happening between our primarily white male critics who don't like anything that has any emotion in it. So that's sure. the issue. Is we don't, I don't like stuff with emotion in it, Paul. 
Oh no! This had too many of the emotions in it, and um, yeah, that that just really put me off. That explains why you like old boy. There's no emotions. Yeah, in it explains why my favorite movie of last year was Wolfwalkers. It's, it's yeah. a cold, cynical um, accountants <laughs> uh, film. <laughs> it's a, it, it's it's another Bergman-esque film about um, meeting death. Yeah, I only like movies about how miserable everything is. <laughs> you obviously you obviously turned off the the the, uh, the color on your TV so you can enjoy it in black and white the best. Times. Oh, the way it should be seen. Color yeah, is obviously. too. Um, uh, oh, what's this? I'm I'm feeling stirrings in my loins. No, <laughs> quick! I must Subs slam this dubs. movie and make sure nobody sees it with my powers. I put uh. the Japanese subtitles in every single movie I watch, Paul. <laughs> I haven't understood a movie in twelve years, Paul. That's <laughs> the way I like it. So. I mean, look, first of all, yes, you threw a thing in there, which was very defensive and kind of underplayed a very important issue. But fuck yeah, if film criticism, film criticism is still dominated by white men, and that needs to change soon. But I did find on Rotten Tomatoes 45 women of various ethnicity who were more than happy to slam this film. So Yeah, um, and you contacted yeah. every single one of them. I did, and congratulated them. <laughs> One of the reviews I found most interesting was Emily Vanderworth um, at Vox, and she said something that resonated with something you said earlier. Um, it never stops to question its economic comfort, its upper-class value system, or its essential whiteness. And I encourage everybody to read that review, because she does make some really good points about the film's approach to suffering. Um, and it's basically the idea of sort of overcoming... Uh, suffering is like a... I kind of like suffering tourism, you know? It's just a step in terms of, you know, you being able to write the best book. Yeah. Um... But I, I bring this up because the point is, fuck you, Dan Fogelman. Actually engage with the critics and what they're yeah. saying, or ignore them. Don't just straw man them. Own your shit, you know? Yeah. There's that, you know, or, or say it's a masterpiece, fine, but don't try and dismiss film criticism as just being like a a system, a, 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 what, do you, what would you call it, a result of a system that is inherently problematic. Because yes, it is problematic, but that's not why your film is shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fogelman says that I resent this film because it's emotional, but... It just didn't feel sincere to me, and for yeah. all of its tragedy and attempt at scale and weight, it just didn't feel like life itself. Nice. Fair. I could carry on talking and, and ruin that nice little circle you've made there. <laughs> no, you, but... you, can go, you can go ahead, I can just cut it out, and I can just repeat it over everything you're saying. <laughs> I think it's time to quickfire. Shall we quickfire? Yeah. Cool, man. Quickfire. I do have some good stuff. You yeah. know, what, I actually I was thinking of rewatching it because I've been trying to watch our movies twice if I can. Um, You're a maniac. <laughs> I didn't, not just because of the um, runtime or the comparative boringness of some of its sequences, but because I actually felt like I remembered it well enough. And there's something to be said yeah. for that. A lot of this movie stuck in my head. Yeah, for better or worse. So in the scene where Oscar Isaac's is making the life of the Starbucks employees difficult. Um, oh yeah. One of the guy who's having the conversations with Oscar Isaacs it's it's like you know arguing with yeah. a, with an absolute child and um he he says something to to him and Oscar Isaacs says oh that's what she said and it's a non it doesn't make sense it doesn't it's not it's right. a non sequitur of a reply and the guy's response is just but, but, uh, and his face is just pure <laughs> frustration and impotence. I remember that that's really yeah <laughs> just pure despair. Yeah. But, uh, I, nothing I can say to them. I just don't want to, don't want to be here. <laughs> this will surprise you. I kind of liked Samuel Jackson's narration right at the top, even if it was overwrought and very, you know, just over the top in terms of what it was trying to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. You're irreverent. But I like the weird effect of the narrator not paying attention to what's going on. It was, mm. uh, it was growing up my angst. <laughs> like, as she was clearly wandering into traffic and Samuel Jackson was talking about some shit and it's like, pay attention. Yeah. 
She smells that shit on you like she's Mariska Hargitay on Law and Order SVU. Mark hey. Hellenberg on CSI. SBC Big fan. Ferguson on Law and Order. Angie Harmon on Reserve. Oh, oh my god. Holy shit! You could stop this. <laughs> You're God for now. And that's the first <laughs> Then mistake. he appears on screen and it's like, oh, I knew who it was. I don't know if felt the need to do that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind that. It was um yeah, it was okay in itself. Um yeah. there was a the line actually Gay like, it's who I am. It's not all I am, baby. A good line. I liked it. <laughs> um look, the dog named Fuckface, it made me laugh. Okay. Yeah. First the first time it was mentioned, I uh I went, huh. Yeah. That's blunt. Okay. It does the silent memory thing, which I do love. Uh, which is where you cut to a memory, but the, the audio of you know mm. the person remembering is still plays out. Although yeah. it did make me realize, oh, everybody knows about that because this movie <laughs> knows about that. Damn it! It's, Damn it's, it! It's no longer just a thing of Tarkovsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tarkovsky and uh, Nolan did it in Memento yeah. quite a few times. And I it, love that shit. It's it's yeah, Eternal Sunshine as yeah. well. I'm pretty sure. Ah, uh, three best films. <laughs> My three one better things. Oscar Isaacs, um, at the beginning of their relationship, has a good "I'm in my twenties" haircut. Uh, so it, <laughs> it is it is good going there on accuracy. I believed that he was a, a young fool. Well, another Oscar Oscar Isaac line I quite liked. Um, something that the uh, therapist says something, and um, he replies, and he says, "You keep saying that. I keep meaning it." Yeah, that's quite quite like that. Well, actually, I've got another line from the therapy um, in the middle of a very annoying therapy scene. Annette Benning asks mm. Oscar Isaacs about visiting his parents, and he says he doesn't want uh. to. Have you been to your parents, like we discussed? I don't want to. Well, part of the reason that you were discharged and put into... I my... don't want to! And it, it just lets it hang in the air, and it's <laughs> silence yeah. for one fucking second. And it yeah. created tension and drama. Mm. Imagine. Good stuff. I, like, I love those things. I did like the idea that there was an alternate take of the Bob Dylan morning with the same dialogue but in different delivery, you know, indicating mm. that it was not a pleasant kind of playful conversation, but, yeah. you know, one that was characterized by stress and, yeah, you know, distance between the two. Yeah. Um, and also that felt like one of the more authentic sequences between the two because it wasn't yeah. just perfect people, are, you know, disrupted by horrific tragedy, which is what most of the rest of the film was. I, I, I wonder if he could have pretended that was the entire film. He would have spent more time on actually making that idea work rather than just fitting yeah. in scenes about yeah, I mean, the um, unreliable narrator. I mean, that means more. You've got a, pr- a troubled relationship where they're not really doing very well and then suddenly yeah. one of them dies. Yeah. You know, that's that that's interesting and relatable. You could yeah. take that places before you move on to the next story of five. Yeah. Uh, okay, my next best my next best thing. Uh, my next best thing. Just, just, just like you are my next best thing, Paul. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a scene where Olivia Wilde runs in her eureka moment to to explain to frat boy Oscar Isaacs what her thesis about the unreliable narrator is going to be, and it's it's cringy and it's false. It's false. Yep. And it's um. False. And and, you know she should be saying, "I understand now how I can cure AIDS." Not, I I get it. (laughs) Life itself is a is the unreliable narrator. It's it's it's. it's Oh God, it's making me cringe as you're saying. I know. It's it's it's, sample it. It's just, just just. A, a, a terrible scene because it's it's yeah. emotionally manipulative and it's it's out of place as well. It's not built up yeah. to it's it's just inserted there as if Dan Fogelman didn't know where else to put it, but definitely mm. felt like he needed it in there. But anyway, I like her rushing in and uh, saying, "I know what my thesis is about," 
and they're doing a, a, a keg or whatever it's called. You know, like they're holding that guy upside down and he's taking, he's, he's trying to drink the contents of this keg. Um, I liked the contrast of those two things. And then when she leaves okay. and runs off, they just go back to it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I love that my girlfriend. And they up, upend him onto the keg. Yeah. <laughs> I like they're doing this in the middle of the day as well. Yeah. And they're practicing for a later <laughs> evening sort of jaunt. <laughs> oh, I like the idea that that's just the impression of what college kids do. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, look. Brad's awake. Yeah. Um, you have any milk? Yeah, sure. Jog, 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 jog. <laughs> Got to get ready for the football night, Brad. <laughs> oh, I love football night. We're done when I say we're done. <laughs> so, again, this is, again, another thing I like that happens in Monk something irritating. I wasn't a big fan of the whole, um, but what she actually said was, yeah. it's like, I think Woody Allen did this in the 70s. I did like Maddie Potemkin's little talk about death, even if it wasn't real. Yeah. Are you gonna die, Grandpa? Yes. Probably sooner than you'd like, kiddo. If I'm being honest, I'm gonna fight like hell to stick around for you as long as possible. To prevent one more death from coming anywhere near your doorstep. I'm gonna get on the fucking treadmill. Cut back on the red meat. I'm gonna do my best. Get you through your teenage years without losing one more goddamn thing. And then, Patinkin, pretty good. I liked yeah. him uh, being sad whilst Olivia Cook was being awful. Yes. Um, that was quite affecting. I thought that scene ended quite nicely. Yeah, and there's a little... Ta- oh, yes, that's right. They find a little moment of, uh, yeah. hey, we're still, we're still right. Yeah. Um, which is also on that point. The little girl they found looks a fuck of a lot like Olivia Cook, so good yeah. job there. Yeah, nicely good done. Good casting. Yeah. And and Mandy Patinkin looks a lot like Oscar Isaac's dad, I would imagine. Yeah, that would work, right? That's good casting. Yeah. Very good casting. <laughs> well, I feel like Antonio Banderas could also be Oscar Isaac's dad. That's true. They are both Oscar Isaac's dad. To be fair, Antonio Banderas could be could be could be and probably is anybody's dad. It's because he goes around jacking off into this into other <laughs> into people's the water eggs. supply. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take a bath <laughs> anywhere he's been. Into the Jeez. bath of the nation. <laughs> the 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 scene. At the at the end of the scene where Oscar Isaacs asks Olivia Wilde to marry him, and they have a whole chat about she thinks he loves too much, and you know it could be an unreliable narration at this point. But um, she, when she goes, okay, I'll marry you, Oscar Isaacs goes, okay. And it's it's just a nice little response, and it's um yeah. a nice scene, very very closely around that line. Uh, it's yeah. it's a nice scene, and it reminded me a bit of Eternal Sunshine. I think the bit at the end. Uh-huh. The, then you know, then we'll break up all over again, and you know, yeah, it'll yeah. Be, okay. Ah, uh, that was a much better moment. <laughs> it was a much better moment, but it's uh, <laughs> maybe I just yeah. like people going okay in a sort of carefree way. In a carefree way about important stuff. Contrast. <gasps> um, yeah, I, I did find the boy didn't act that traumatized by his horrific experience, but it was a tense sequence built around it. Yes. Even if it did accidentally create the impression that the parents were a lot more hit on edge than the kid was. Yeah. Oh, he's he's murmuring a bit in his sleep. Jesus, I hate this. He's, Where's he's Antonio Banderas? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pissed himself and no child does that. I know I've asked No him. child does that. He must be broken. Take him to a doctor. <laughs> doctor, fix this. They just hold him up. <laughs> By the foot. <laughs> <laughs> My head hurts, mummy. See? He's a See? Mess. <laughs> wrong with it <laughs> i like that kid as well he was he was cute as fuck mm. he has a lovely smile well funnily enough my next note is um when that kid grows up i found t- teen rodrigo yeah. super cute oh 
that guy, especially when he smiles like through the bookcase at the awful lady. We didn't nail in on that. I was being ironic when I said she was my favorite character. She was oh, a I nightmare. <laughs> it, it, sounded, but, um, it sounded true. It sounded like a thing I'd say that you wouldn't um, be able to understand emotionally. <laughs> but yeah, Teen Rodrigo was fucking hot. He had like Timothy Chalamet style experiences at some point. True, and I, and I did enjoy his responses to some of Shelley's uh, lines <laughs> and I, I can't I can't remember what they are now but it was oh the whole like what's a vegan um, what's oh, yeah. this there was just the delivery of it it was similar to what what is gloves um, so the line farts mean it's a boy I enjoyed <laughs> um, when Olivia Wilde meets Oscar Isaac's parents Mandy Potemkin. yeah yeah I think the mum screams it um, oh, my, actually no Mandy Potemkin I think does Oscar the Mandy Battleship Potemkin I think yeah. they're, they're, they're talk- those two are talking about it and Oscar Isaacs yeah. yells farts mean it's a boy she is mom she's really gassy that means it's gonna be a boy really yeah I practically needed a hazmat so when your mother was pregnant stop with that farts mean it's a boy I don't know why I kind of liked the April Fool's reveal I just did it was the yeah. first maybe moment that wasn't super telegraphed because Tragic and terrible things happen so often. Yeah. And her bluntness was so overwritten that the reveal that that was an April Fool's joke and that she was kind of in on the gag of how horrific she was being. Yeah. Um, was good for me. And she she has the line. April Fools, bitch. What is that? Seriously, you don't know April Fools? No, I don't. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite good. And then her realizing she's being broken up with, at mm. on yeah, in two um at, <laughs> um under uh that was that was a good sort of little moment of acting from her where she's like oh yeah. shit this is more serious than I'm yeah and then my energy um is ready <laughs> for right now no yeah I, I liked that reveal it did that it made me laugh yeah it, it was so yeah. horrible so horrible thing to do <laughs> uh there's a line I mean this is really some deep philosophical shit we're talking about here. Yes, it is. I like that. <laughs> um, I okay, okay. This is right up there in terms of um, tiny details. Antonio Banderas has fucking excellent handwriting in this. He's revealed oh to have God, been writing does. letters to yeah. um, the dad who's Have-y. been run out. Um, indeed. Uh, but my God, he's got good-looking handwriting in those letters. Yeah. That's really just rubbing salt in the wound, isn't it? You're writing to the sort of barely literate olive picker whose family you've essentially managed to um, pinch. Um, not quite through your own fault, but yeah. you, you got to, you did want this. Um, and you're just writing him these gorgeous letters. <laughs> yeah, God. We, we did remark on that as well. Whoever they hired to, to do that writing mm. was... Um... Oh, no, that's Banderas. I, I believe that. <laughs> hey, Fogelman, or whatever his name was, would not go in for Artifice, Paul. You, you are true, whoever you are. Cinema Verite. Um, I, I liked Olivia Cook's song where it just devolves into her shouting out of rhythm, tune, <laughs> any anything really. Um, yeah, it got to the point where I just went, "Oh, I don't, I don't know if this is meant to be good or not." It's punk, baby. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you that's fun. To play guitar or sing, all right. <laughs> um, oh god, there was um the guy who heckles is obviously a dick, but on the other hand, maybe don't lead your set with the dead mum song. Yeah, <laughs> you work your way up to it. <laughs> Get him on board first, then. Go for your slow piano ballad, which leads into a punk song. It leads into it. I mean, it's punk, Paul. That's what they it's do. It's punk. Do what you like. It's like, God, it's like you don't even know what punk rules. can. Uh, two moments that weren't drawn attention to too much. Too, too much. Um, too, too much. When they're in doing the past walkthrough and Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac's looking at young them 
he uh, he he goes, "Oh, look at me! I'm so young." And he tickles his chin, and the young Oscar <laughs> Isaac's in the memory scratches his chin and carries on with what he's doing. And it's not they don't ah. go. Bruh, bruh. It's just um, a, a thing that he does before they carry on. And my father was a chin scratcher. <laughs> Mr. Chin Scratcher was my father's name. Um, <laughs> and then when Shelley is in the middle of this um, April Fool's caper, mm. <laughs> that she's she's just talking away and she walks out into the road and Rodrigo sees a taxi. Just It's New York, so just speeding without putting on the brakes or even thinking about stopping, despite the mm. fact that there's a pedestrian on the street. And he just yanks her out of the way just as the taxi zooms past and she just continues talking without noticing and and it's not drawn attention yeah. to at all uh, <laughs> in the rest of the scene i, li- I liked it yeah, just, you're just sort uh, of reeling from the from the the shock and potential tragedy of that moment as she continues talking yeah <laughs> one of the so uh, this is my last thing one of the main things that gets me in general in fiction is stuff that creates an idea of time yeah you know you've everyone's heard me talk about the haunting in um uh, Bly Manor and the uh, Haunting of Hill House, which does this beautifully, as does all of Mike Flanagan's stuff to some extent. But you know, and, I, and I've also talked about this much more eloquently in my uh, in the our Patreon episode, one of the films to be buried with Epps, where we talked about things that make us cry. Oh yeah, subscribe to Patreon. And subscribe to Patreon. And the very end, where they do contrast the quiet little scene that happened, you know, decades ago in the past, where Olivia mm. Wilde and Oscar Isaacs were discussing her pregnancy, which you know, <laughs> thinking about it now is revealed to maybe have been much less happy than it was initially portrayed. Mm. Nevertheless, contrasting that little scene with their eventual granddaughter's book reading, yeah, I, I, I could see the poignancy there. I wish I knew the two characters more. Um, yeah. Birdsong does this really well as well, actually. Mm. The idea of, um, you know, the, the sort of tragic idea of when you, you know, look up at space, you know, in order to think about the various things in your life, maybe your great-great-grandmother used to do that too. And that's yeah. something that you kind of share with this person that you never met. You know, there's poignancy there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's this this film isn't quite on that track though. I feel like this film's more interested in. Isn't it crazy how unusual, how unlikely it is that you would ever be born? Like so yeah. many coincidences had to happen. It's crazy. Oh. It's like fate or something. It's like eh. there's a, there's a moment where Annette Benning implies that, and then Oscar Isaac's replies by explaining the the point, <laughs> and it, it was really <laughs> frustrating. It's just everything yeah. that's wrong with this film. Um, what you mean that if she they hadn't met and they hadn't have done this and they hadn't have done this yeah I, that was what she was getting at you really did mm. not need to tell me this damn <laughs> um, so I have uh, three more things I'll just go through very quickly uh, I like the line from uh, um, Antonio Banderas my father was a royal fuck of a man or my father was a royal <laughs> fuck of a man that was good um, helped by subtitles and timing um, that, that and that whole scene between the smouldering Antonio Banderas and smouldering, smouldering Jeff was great. Um, I was really on edge throughout it because I didn't know at that point mm. what Antonio Banderas' character was going to be. Was he vindictive? And was this a setup to some, for something horrible happening to smouldering Jeff? Um, you can't have too much <laughs> smouldering in one location, obviously, and it mm. burns the olives. Um, and yeah, I really liked how that played out with the, the balance, the power balance mm. shifting to smouldering Jeff. Um, mm. And then another smouldering Jeff thing. He got a good slap from his wife um, from from slapping Jenny. It was uh, two, actually, and they were just hefty, open-handed slaps on his big face, and you, I really felt them. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got a lot of those. Excellent. Okay. okay. All right. Well, those are all the quick-firing things. So, yeah. 
I think it's time we check in with the OG team. Oh my god, the OG team. The OG team. And actually, we're going to come to me first this time. Because yeah. as previously alluded to, I did ruin Jen and David's week. With yeah. Week. Week. Oh, their entire a, week. Get a grip, Jen and David. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I have just received messages from Jen saying, you're very welcome. This was actually a highlight of the week. Oh. Uh, we should do this again. I know David also enjoys torturing himself. Oh, no, that was unrelated. That's right. We also... Um, <laughs> We also did uh, acid this week. But, yeah, uh, she sent through her thoughts. and I am going to read this quickly because, um, well, you know. Okay, so life itself. That really sounds like this could be the beginning of a really grim. (laughs) So, life. Having not read anything about it before we put it on, I went into it thinking it was going to be a jolly cheesy chick flick, lighthearted and perhaps cloying, but ultimately just another vanilla experience. Instead, this has got to be one of the most simultaneously grim and boring films I've ever watched. The uplifting message at the end is entirely unearned. At most of the previous two hours is a machine gun paced romp through all the ways you can die in a road traffic accident, interspersed with painful monologues about plot mechanics on yet another sad family story. The acting was all fine, but the script was unworkably bad. Every moment that did feel it had real emotion was stripped of all weight by the repeated that's not what really happened twists. The characters felt defined only by their trauma. They had nothing else to say except making some lazy references to pop culture that felt crowbarred in to give the film some weight. Especially Dylan, who was clearly so overwhelmed by the death of the parents that she had never met, and her subsequent upbringing in a lovely middle-class home with two caring grandparents that she just had to become a sad goth stereotype. I hated the reveal that Abby had actually died. It felt like a big fuck you to the audience who had dared to find Will to be an unbearable asshole up to that point. Uh, Weirdly, the scene I hated most was the long, long, long scene between the two Spanish guys. Even Banderas' char- uh, charisma was not enough to make that conversation interesting. One likes olives, the other likes whistling. Who gives a solitary fuck? <laughs> I had a momentary glimmer of hope that it was going to get a bit gay because the dialogue at the end of the scene was just bizarre, but alas, no. That would have been great. Mostly, I hated how boring this film was. I found myself unable to give a single shit about most of the characters and was actively hated a few. Uh, the plot was nothing, the dialogue was terrible, the film told me nothing about life except that it is full of death, that uh, being said, here is a list of my good things, but as you will see, most of them come with a butt. Uh, there's five. One, uh, the scruffy dog was cute, but I hated the stupid name they gave it. Sorry, man. Uh, we've all joked about uh, naming a pet something silly, but only caricatures of interesting people actually do it. I think the main chunk of the Spanish storyline would have made much more interesting film on its own. That's true. Uh, if they had slowed it down and really focused on the story of a father mm-hmm. who felt emasculated by his inability to heal his child and by his reliance on his benevolent boss. I feel like that movie exists. Um, number three, for the most part, I liked Bella's speech to her husband when he says he is leaving. It uh, felt defiant, a moment of don't think you saved me. I chose you freely, but now you you can just fuck off. Um, I just wish we'd had more time to actually explore the slow crumbling of their relationship beforehand, like an entirely different film. Uh, number four, I breathed a sigh of relief when I realized we weren't going to be forced to spend the entire film with Will. Thank goodness I didn't. Mm. Uh, it didn't do that to us. Uh, number five, I liked it when Dylan squished a PB&J sandwich into that girl's face. Uh, this is David's only good feeling about this film. I stand by what I said um, with uh, to you right after watching this. I would rather watch Sex and the City 2 a thousand times over. Wow. Okay. Highlight of a week. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <Yeah. laughs> um, d- d- call 0800-777-787. We've got Genline uh, going in full force. Um, just send your pound coins. Immense. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jen. Um, I will that was say, amazing. I will say I wasn't bored. For all, this, mm. the, all, all the stuff that I really disliked and all the real flaws I found mm. with the film, not bored mm. for a second. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because that was definitely the character of the messages that they were sending me throughout, is the yeah. scene is still happening. 
Yeah. Um, much more succinctly, I have uh, David sent me some emails, and I love the fact that David emails me. It just yeah. feels <laughs> feels good. I, I always feel I should sign my name properly. It's like getting a uh, curated handwritten letter from Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Fuck yeah, just once. Also speaking, they're both fluent in Spanish, so I wonder if that um, helped help them to tease out the this, this ridiculousness of that scene, whereas we were it was shrouded in subtitles <laughs> for us. <laughs> I was fully probably beguiled. Manzanilla was it? Um, the drink that he talks about, I think it's drink. Man- yeah, Manzanilla. 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 I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He he learned they learned this word. <laughs> That's a good thing. Okay. Um. Great. So I get a message from David. The first one just says, "We're seven minutes in." So far, this is some bullshit, son. <laughs> Later on, I get an elaboration. Uh, I don't know what to dislike most. Is it the laziness of just having every bad thing happen to a character to make me care about them instead of actually developing a character properly? Is it the references to better films? It's not enough to waste my time. Please sell me some more of your friends' movies to me. Or is it the scene where Olivia spells out the point of the film to me like I'm a slow child, to be honest? It's probably just how boring it is. Uh, honest, he does also say, a little later on, um, I do worry that Goodman liked it and I'm about to lose a friend, though. <laughs> Jesus! All right, so 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 no, what's the three, of you, the three of you set <laughs> up a gauntlet of um of trials for me? Um, not that way. You didn't mean you didn't mean I'm worried that Goodman liked it, therefore I cannot be friends with him ever again. He's worried oh, that okay. his words will be too harsh. Oh, I see, and then I will be the one. I get it. I'll be the one who overreacts. I see. Well, how's this for overreacting? <laughs> oh my God! He threw his cat out the window <laughs> and himself. <laughs> he jumped out the window with his cat. Oh, the cat came back. He's all right. He's, and I am the one doing this podcast now. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. What do you think of life itself, Shark? Pretty, pretty shit. <laughs> but then I have no concept of emotion. <laughs> oh, you're a white guy. Uh, yes, in, in many ways. <laughs> and the white guy of cats. <laughs> actual voice I do for my cat. So that was, that was in the actual voice. Actual Shark. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the immense response from... Uh, Jen and David, but firstly, I really love the fact that they came down on the side of the critics. Um, it makes me because I've been kind of curating to some extent some of their film consumption over the past uh, few years. So <laughs> you I like to think I've master. ruined them. <laughs> I like to think I've ruined them for any kind of sincere, sincere experience they might have. Because you knew they were going to watch Life itself eventually, and you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't bear losing two friends. <laughs> oh Christ! Yeah, but oh. yeah, I, I I'm really flattered that they did this, that they allowed yeah. me to dictate part of their evening and they <laughs> watched this movie and so earnestly sort of sent their f- thoughts and feelings about it that was really cool we've got a new five minute segment in every episode now <laughs> i mean fuck yeah next week you're watching dragon heart son <laughs> motherfucker motherfucker on facebook oh jennifer Soane's writing in again oh my god god t- timelier than ever saying um, I have never heard of the movie, but now my YouTube algorithm is forever skew- skewed from watching the trailer. Also, still own a- still no idea what this is about. Feels like I just watched the saddest Oscar-nominated short film. Did, a lovely- did Olivia Wilde seem like she was in a Mia Wallace costume? I like when movies do that, a la, um, I think that's how I met your mother. Uh, yes, there was a sequence in which she was in a Mia Wallace costume. I'm amazed that they included that in the trailer. It must have been very confusing. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. No. That's that's the kind of um, that's the kind of trust that Dan Fogelman puts in his audience. <laughs> Fuck yeah! They'll they'll come for the context of this. Oh my god, I love that. Kudos to you, Dan Fogelman. Love that. And kudos to you, Jennifer Soames, yeah. for going away and watching this YouTube for ruining your YouTube um, algorithm just to help us. My algorithm. <laughs> my algorithm. Now time is reversing. <laughs> oh shit! Now I've done that. They're gonna pull this episode from YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks very much. Another Jen. I don't know if you like being called Jen. But, uh, you know, you can I like get to, back to force us on contractions that. of people's names on them. You will have to get back to us on that. Please do. By law. Next week on OGT. I feel guilty. I feel like I've ambushed you. I, I don't feel ambushed. So don't you worry. Okay. I only feel nervous at this increasing runtime. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, fine. Uh, one better thing. The one better thing. Wild Rose is good. <laughs> oh, cool. <Okay. laughs> I can say that. That Sweet. was good. Uh, haunting series I've talked about loads of times. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go Yee Yee, uh, which is a film I only just saw, a oh, uh, Taiwanese okay. film, commonly regarded as one of the best of the 21st century. And it's extraordinary. It tells a multi-generational story of this one large um, Taiwanese family and their various struggles with making sense of their lives at the turn of the last century. It's gorgeous. It really bespeaks the idea of intergenerational struggle for mm. uh, kind of meaning and, you know, the difficulty of communication across generations. And, oh, man, it's just it's just sequences. It's just so many incredible sequences. The little kid who starts to love taking pictures of the back of people's heads and yeah. giving it to them because they can't see them themselves. And so ah, now they get okay. to see them. But there's like a philosophical point to it as well. It's really, really endearing and um, an unusual friendship between like the, the father of the family and a Japanese um, sort of wunderkind that he's been mm. sent to recruit into his business and they end up bonding. It's, oh, it's just so much to it. Yeah, I highly recommend Yi Yi if you haven't seen it. It's, it deserves its reputation as one of the best films of this uh, century so far. Oh, amazing. Cool. Mm. Um, so this movie oh, had me thinking a lot about Derek Sianfrance. Uh, oh yes, Blue yes, Valentine initially, that. but um, as mm. the movie progressed and we got through generations and uh, and different stories interweaving, mm. it was placed beyond the pines. Um, hey. It's a hearty equivalent slash better, um, very similar mood minus the voiceover <laughs> and the mm. obnoxious the the, the the forced storytelling. Mm. It's a story of violence and recklessness that envelops multiple generations, where the you know the actions of one generation impact the next yeah uh ryan gosling ray liotta eva mendez ben mendelson bradley cooper yeah. um just a, a beautiful crushing story about how all these interweave and mm. as you see one generation's failures refract to the next it's just an understated yeah. and tense and thoughtful movie um yeah uh another you sort of had me thinking with your year um the novel mm. the eighth life by Ooh. the German novelist, uh, I'm never going to pronounce this, Nino Haratishvili. Um, it's about <laughs> um, it's several generations in a Georgian family um, throughout hmm. the 20th century and how, you know, the, the, the world wars and Soviet interference slash occupation um, just brings tragedy down on the family again and again and again. But right. um, the tragedy is sort of, the tragedy is not characterization. The tragedy is... Mm. An obstacle, yeah. It's authentic, and it's um, mm. just obstacles in the way of this this family growing and becoming the family they could have been. And it's it's a huge novel, and yeah, it spans a real amount of time. You get this wonderful sense of time passing, which is one of the things this film missed crucially. Fantastic. Those are the one better things. The one better thing. So, how can people find out about one good thing? Oh, shit. One good, one good itself. Well, what what the Paul would say if he'd have had more time to think about it or have written it down, he'd say you can check us out <laughs> on OGT, uh, OGT, yeah, because he's he's thick as fuck when writing as well as speaking. Um, but 
but the actual poll would say you can check us out on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod. You can send us an email at Gmail OGTPod at gmail.com. We have a Patreon where we exclude we exclude we release we exclude everyone. Yeah, we do. We really try to. Um, With our reactionary that's, views. That's our excuse, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, we are releasing re- <laughs> we are releasing weekly, apparently. Um, just, <laughs> just terribly Reek. pungent, potent materials. I'm such Reek. As this last week, the uh, our review of Mortal Kombat 2021. Oh yeah. Um, what do they? Th- what do they think? Only one way to find out. Was right. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got a lot more interesting, brilliant stuff coming. Um, the next milestone is seventy five dollars, and that will lead to a one shot fiasco, uh, which is going to be lots and lots of fun. So yeah, thanks very much for that. Bye. Bye. And remember, I'm Paul Salt. Remember that <laughs> first and foremost, please. And remember the format of this show. I never do, but perhaps <laughs> you could. I'm Paul Salt. Oh, I'm Paul Goodman. Oh, okay. And remember, the one good thing about life itself instead of god what what a grim way um time to put in eventually it ends <laughs> life but eventually um, it does eventually it does very soon if you become a parent <laughs> now it's Antonio Banderas fucking hot <laughs> <laughs>